What a lot of individuals don't realize is that reading together should start at birth. Oral language is the true foundation for learning to read, and that starts as soon as a newborn arrives into their world. They benefit from the sound of your voice, they benefit from those intonation patterns, and they begin to actually differentiate between the individual sounds that make up any given language. Welcome to Ready for Reading, a United Through Reading podcast dedicated to helping military families grow stronger together through the magic of reading. I'm Josie Beats. Reading with my kids is honestly one of the things I've most loved about parenting. But as my kids have grown, the way we read together has changed. Sometimes I just miss sitting down with a short book and pointing out pictures and watching their faces light up as they hear the story or even recite it from memory. Now, as we read more complex books, they want to read fast to get to the next chapter and to find out what's next in the story. But that's the way it goes. Our kids grow and the way we interact with the books together changes. Luckily for me, we have someone on our staff at United Through Reading who knows all about how reading changes through the years. Joining me today is Molly Haskin, a licensed certified speech language pathologist and the author of the article on our website, What Reading Aloud Looks Like at Different Ages. Molly holds a Master of Science in Communication, Speech, and Hearing Disorders, and is an expert in the world of how reading connects to speaking and communicating. She's also an active-duty Army spouse, like me. Go Army, be Navy. Molly and I talk about reading through the ages and stages, as well as how reading can begin with your newborn, and why you should read aloud with your older kids, even teenagers. We even get into the science of learning to read. It's really fascinating. Here's our chat. I'm so excited to have with us today Molly Haskin, a fellow member of the staff of United Through Reading. Molly, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for including me, Josie. I am really excited to have you because one of the things we wanted to do with this episode of the podcast is really feature the expertise that United Through Reading has on staff. You know, we all bring a passion for literacy and books. But we also all bring some unique worldviews and licensing and certifications. To start us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at United Through Reading? Yes. So I am the director of Army, Air Force, and Space Force programs at United Through Reading. I grew up as an Army brat moving around the world, and then I married right back into the Army. And so I'm also a licensed and certified speech-language pathologist. So I like to say that was my job before United Through Reading. (laughs) Well, and so like you said, you're a licensed, certified speech-language pathologist. I know what all of those words mean separately, but can you tell us what all those words mean together? (laughs) Absolutely. And it is such a lengthy title. So a speech-language pathologist is an individual who has extensively studied the role of the brain and the coordination of the anatomy required for every level of communication, as well as swallowing and voice. So this includes executive function and processing that we require to communicate and the knowledge about how to activate the many separate parts of the brain that are involved in formulating thought transferring that thought to the motor planning area to produce speech, comprehending spoken words, and then processing the overall intent of communication. So that's why I think we have such a long title, because there's actually so much that goes into the role of communication. 
This in-depth knowledge allows speech-language pathologists to diagnose disorders and deficits that are related to all of these areas. And then from those diagnoses, we formulate treatment plans and implement therapy goals to allow individuals to successfully reach their highest level of personal achievements. You know, it's such an important role that you're providing through your education and certification. And I really appreciate you joining us for this season because one of the things we really wanted to dive deeper into this season is some of that information about the brain and how reading and language helps process and helps development. And we're even going to speak to Dorinda Williams from Zero to Three, who is really another early childhood literacy and education specialist. And so this is great information to pair with what we're going to bring in that episode as well. You know, you've said that early childhood literacy skills are a particular area of interest for you within your expertise. Why is that? That's because reading is actually not a natural process to the human brain. And it's one that has to be taught, which to me is so fascinating because other skills like oral language and speech are naturally wired to our brains, but the act of reading is not. And so all of us approach that skill from a learning standpoint. No one has more ability to read than any other person. So we are taught to decode the same way, but the length of time and methods behind decoding those sounds and words vary greatly from each individual. You know, and as we're talking about that development and how language and speech and reading all work together, you know, one thing that you've often talked to us about and on the staff of United Through Reading is that reading together looks different at different stages in a child's life, that, you know, there's really a developmental timeline of literacy skills. And, you know, can you tell us a little bit about what reading aloud together and what reading looks like at those different stages from, you know, early when you're just babies and toddlers on into when you're a more mature reader and learner? Absolutely. What a lot of individuals don't realize is that reading together should start at birth. Oral language is the true foundation for learning to read, and that starts as soon as a newborn arrives into their world. They benefit from the sound of your voice, they benefit from those intonation patterns, and they begin to actually differentiate between the individual sounds that make up any given language. For a toddler, through read-alouds, toddlers learn a lot more about their world. They're looking to books to learn new vocabulary, and also to learn about the meanings of the objects and the people and the ideas in the world around them. So reading aloud with toddlers is very engaging and fun, and it might not be truly picking each word off the book, but it might be choosing items to look at together to really start to help them with joint attention skills. And it also might look like allowing them to develop those early literacy skills of turning pages and understanding how our words flow across a page. And then we move into early readers. And when you read aloud with early readers, you're helping them develop phonemic awareness, which is the understanding that a sound is correlated directly with a letter. And so each letter has a sound that goes with it. And then words are the connections of those sounds together. 
So reading aloud with early readers helps provide them a scaffolding by which they can start to practice applying their growing sound and letter knowledge in a connected reading activity. Proficient readers are sort of the next developmental timeline. And just because a child can read independently doesn't mean that you should stop reading to them or with them. You can introduce advanced vocabulary during a read aloud experience, and you can further introduce the language of books, which differs from our spoken language or everyday conversational language, because book language is more descriptive and uses more formal grammatical structures. Teen readers still benefit from the read aloud experience, and I can't say that enough. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times we think, oh, you know, our teens barely want to associate with us. Why would they want us to read aloud to them? But reading aloud or with your teen gives you the opportunity to discuss world events or life events and to really help them develop their critical thinking skills. And it shows them the value you place on not only books and literacy, but on them themselves and making sure that they know that they're still worthy of that special time that you're spending with them together. You know, one of the memories that I have about reading to my kids, particularly around bedtime, is I would read and they would run around the room. And I, you know, I felt such pressure to have them sitting next to me and looking at the words. And I, I had a dear friend who was an educator who said, look, they're still learning. You know, they're still processing. They're still creating those developmental moments even if they're like doing somersaults while you're reading to them. <laughs> is, is that accurate? Is that true? Absolutely. And that's why United Through Reading recordings are just invaluable because you can truly have a recording on in the background. The child doesn't even have to give the appearance that they're paying attention, but that language-rich environment that you're providing for them is being absorbed whether or not you can actually see them sitting and quote unquote paying attention. As I spoke about before, reading isn't a natural process and it does have to be taught. And there's no one way to teach it. A child, like they learn everything else, will learn that in their own way too. So giving them a lot of different opportunities to experience reading is the best possible way for them to become great literacy experts themselves. I love that. Anything that takes the pressure off, I think, exactly. is <laughs> important for us to communicate both to ourselves and to other parents. It's always just, you know, keep those books part of their life, keep them in the house and keep the reading experience open and comfortable. I want to shift a little bit and talk a little bit about speech therapy and reading. You know, you've talked a little bit about speech and language and reading and how they're related. How does reading help in speech therapy? And, you know, you talked a little bit about our recordings, but I'd love for you to focus in on how our recordings can be a part of that process as well. Sure. So speech therapy is such a, a simple term for a wide range of communication goals. And each child in speech therapy is working on their own individual deficits that can be addressed with a literacy-based therapy program. And a United Through Reading recording is a great way to keep that literacy-based therapy accessible to the parents, even outside of the quote-unquote therapy room. So children might work on things like joint attention and using a book so that they can help or actually focus on an item for a short amount of time. Joint attention can be a very brief fleeting moment, but having a book as that center of attention 
is a therapy goal, or they're working on vocabulary building or generalized knowledge. And of course, books are a wonderful way to help a child increase the vocabulary. Then they understand more that words can be combined into simple phrases and then more grammatically complex sentences. And once again, having a book as the feature of your therapy program helps them see pre-formulated sentences that they can then start to emulate on their own. Some children are in speech therapy for higher level auditory processing and listening and comprehension skills. And of course, once again, choosing books that help to develop those skills is an integral part of the therapy plan. A totally different type of speech therapy is speech sound production therapy, and that's children who are working on actually saying the individual phonemes that make up our language. And there's so many fun books out there that offer great repetitive opportunities for a child working on speech sounds. And as a busy parent, you know, it's great to have a therapy crutch because like any other skill... Therapy is only as good as how often you practice it outside of the therapy room. And having United Through Reading recordings to utilize in a home environment allows parents to continue good speech therapy goals without having to necessarily devote all their time themselves. Molly, I wonder if you have any of the titles that have those fun sounds in them that you could share with us today. One of the best sound ones is, of course, Chicka Chicka Boom Boom that goes through all the sounds in the English language. That's great. Well, tell us a little bit about how reading has helped your military family over the years. So reading is a big part of our daily routine because it provides a sense of consistency that, as a fellow military spouse, you know is often missing in our lives. And I say consistency because a favorite book is a favorite book no matter where you read it. So it could have been a favorite book in one duty station, and when you unwrap it from the box during the PCS, it's that same favorite book in a new duty station. And that sort of consistency builds good resiliency in a military child because they understand that some of their favorite things don't have to change, even if everything else around them in their lives have changed. Reading for us provides a sense of humor and escape. And so we don't always read very heavy-duty, thoughtful classics. We love our comic books. We love Calvin and Hobbes in our family and reference those funny comics all the time, you know, when it's appropriate to our daily lives. And we also love this new genre of graphic novels that have sprung up. And sometimes you can find the classics, but yet in a graphic novel form. And so it almost feels like a fun treat to be reading them because they have the pictures and they have the sort of comic feel to them, but they're still a really valuable book to be reading. That is great. We love graphic novels in our house. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of them and we inherit a lot of them, (laughs) but they are great. They're so much fun to, you know, look into someone else's life as well. What's one thing you want other military families of young children to know? I think it's really important to not underestimate how beneficial the reading routine is to keeping the bond in your child's life close between themselves and their service member and any other member of their family. Reading truly provides a sense of physical closeness and bond that 
a child stores away in their brain for other stressful times in their life, and they're able to draw on that that memory, especially when they're reading the book with the service member or the family, to help them get through other difficult times in their lives. So there's a great sense of resiliency that comes from the read aloud experience. And luckily, with the United Through Reading Recordings, that bond can be continued, you know, even if the service member has to travel a little bit, that child can still access that feeling and that recording so that they feel connected. And then I also think reading with your child is important because it gives you access to knowledge about your child's academic progress and prepares you for when you're moving to different school systems. It prepares you to help be a good advocate for them if you move into a system where you feel like the reading program might not be as evidence-based or explicitly taught as it should be. And so I think when you're reading aloud frequently with your child, you're more prepared for their progress academically. You know, and that's so important to our families who find themselves in new school systems all the time. You know, keeping track of that progress can be a full-time job. (laughs) And it is, you know, in addition to all those great connections that you're making through reading, you're going to be able to track your child's progress so much better. It's such an important point, Molly. It really is, because sadly, there are still quite a few systems that don't use the science of reading, which has become the most accepted form of reading instruction. Many systems are still using some older knowledge base and older curriculum that don't help the child develop into those great, proficient, strong readers that they need to be for academic success. And so I think you having that read aloud time with them gives you good knowledge about where they are and then where they should be. That's a really interesting point, Molly. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit more about the science of reading and what exactly that is and what that means. Of course. So remember how I started off by saying that reading is not a natural talent, and so it has to be taught. And the science of reading is becoming more accepted among professionals about how reading instruction should look for children from a very young age. And the science of reading should be explicit instruction of those speech sounds, systemic, carefully planned sequencing, so scaffolding successful reading skills so that they build, and then evidence-based, so using programs that have a proven track record for growth and reading success. And one way that I'll point out that is a non-evidence-based program is something that I grew up with, which was, you know, a, a small text is placed in front of a child and there's a picture in front of it. And they would prompt the child, look at the picture and then sort of guess the words on the page based on the picture. And that is not evidence-based. That is not systemic. And it's not even explicit instruction because you're not giving that child those speech sounds to directly correlate to the letters on the page. You're just sort of giving them an overall picture and then asking them to guess. So there should never be guessing in reading. And they should really have that good phonemic knowledge before they even are asked to start to put those sounds together to make words. Well, Molly, thank you so much for being with us today. You know, you bring such a wealth of expertise about the science of language and reading. We really appreciate you on the United Through Reading staff and appreciate you chatting with us today. 
thanks for letting me share a little bit more of my speech and language passion. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Thanks so much to Molly Haskin for joining us. Molly mentioned in the interview that there are a lot of great books for kids who are working on speech sounds. She sent me a list of those books for all ages, and I'll put those in the show notes, along with the link to her article, What Reading Aloud Looks Like at Different Ages. On behalf of United Through Reading, thank you to our military families. For more information on how you can start your reading routine with your family, go to utr.org podcast. On the next episode, we'll hear from infant and early childhood mental health expert, Dr. Dorenda Williams, about reading with our littlest military children and how those experiences can help shape their brains. Ready for Reading is a podcast by United Through Reading, a nonprofit organization that's been connecting military families through the power of shared story time since 1989. This show was produced by Stacey Rain at Rain Communication with editing by Sandra Levy-Smith. Thanks for listening.